everybody to a special edition of the four tales podcast i'm your host kyron silva from tours comics i'm here with my co-host the comic king of tiktok the sharpest blade there is the ace of kickstarter danny j quick and like i mentioned we are here for a special episode i know we normally do every other week but we were very excited to be with these two gentlemen here um we wanted to make sure that we gave all the time that we could to talk about their book and their projects. And we said, you know, we can't wait for next year when we had some time. We want to do this now. So this is a one time. Well, maybe not one time. And we'll probably do this again some other time. But a, a special show <laughs> with the kids from Five Star. Um, but, you know, I'm sorry. I, I guess I'm jumping to jumping too quickly because Danny's up here uh, side eyeing me. Um, how you doing, by the way, Danny? Oh no, I'm doing good. I I don't know where all those um those other names came from, but I, I already know. Kyron Kyron said this was going to be a bi weekly podcast, but this is what the second or third show that he's scheduled uh, in between episodes. So I already expected that. I, I, I just know, <laughs> I just know how the man does. It's going to be a weekly podcast eventually. I can't help it. There's too many too many creators out there that want to be on our show and that I want to talk to, honestly. And there's not enough weeks in each month for us to be bi-weekly, but I, I know you're a busy, man, so I'm going to try to keep it as bi-weekly as possible, okay? We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> but yes, welcome to the show. The mans, the myths, the legends, Tony Clapper, and the one and only Fish Lee. Howdy, howdy. Glad to be here. And I'm excited to be on here. I've been waiting forward to this. I've been looking, excited, waiting. I've been up early this morning. How early is early? Well, <laughs> for me, it's real early for y'all. Like where my time zone is, I got up at like 6.30 this morning and it's 9 o'clock now. So I've just been chilling and drinking my coffee and reading comic books and waiting. But, okay. you know. Well, since we you've been reading comics, let, let's start off with that real quick. Uh, okay. We do have a weekly series or bi Hello, series. by the way. I didn't, I didn't get to say hi. <laughs> Hello, Tony. Right, okay. How have you been? That was Tony. Long time since <laughs> last night. Hello, it's good everyone. to see you. <laughs> hi. What's let's going on? Off, let's start off the show with talking about the books that we read this week. So, Tony, we're going to start with you since we didn't get to properly introduce you. What comics did you read this past week? This past week? I didn't read any comic books this week. Oh, uh, all right, you got to go. We're, we're, it was nice Dang. talking to you, Tony. We'll, we'll see you some other time. We'll just stick with Fish. Look, guys. We'll have you back on the show when you're a real comics guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know what? I, here's, here's another thing. Just with time and everything else, I haven't even watched one episode of Loki yet. All right? I haven't read a book. I haven't watched the episode of Loki. Um, I'm a poser. That's I'm trying, what he's saying. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to balance. I'm in a... And you know, life's about seasons. (laughs) Life's about seasons, and I'm trying to balance some things out right now. Uh, But uh, I did get to go see the Black Widow. I had a uh, like a one-on-one date with my oldest daughter. Um, So yeah, I took my boys to go see it, and and like I thoroughly enjoyed it. I had so much fun, 
And then like on the ride home, me and my son, and he's a creator like me, he's going to be doing his own comic books one day. We love talking about stories and writing and like, how did they make us care about these characters and all this Mm -hmm. stuff? Like on the way home, we just sat there and wrote like three better storylines for it that would have been more impactful. (laughs) But I enjoyed it. It was, it was a fun trip back to the movies. Wasn't really worth the hundred dollars I spent between tickets and popcorn and going to lunch for the three of us. But it was a fun, it was our first trip back to the movies. So, you know, that was fun. Just on its own. Important. I think the the experience is the important thing about going to the movies. I recently, I watched because I watched Black Widow at home with the family on Disney yeah. Plus for thirty dollars. There's there's six of us, so anytime See, I go to the theater, it's a, I was it's like dollars. I was like, I'm not paying thirty bucks. I'm I'm gonna go to the movies. I ended up spending a hundred dollars. That was so that was like, like, right. I was like kicking myself on the right ride there. home. Oh, I was kicking myself. Yeah, exactly. But the experience. But then also, I just watched Space Jam yesterday, and. My kids weren't as into it as I was, so they were just talking and all over the place. And I was like, I wish I would have went to the theater just, you know, either being my wife or me and my son who was watching it, you know, would have went to the theater to see that one. So, you know, there's there's trade offs and balances. So yeah. mm-hmm. well, what books did you read this week then? I don't know if you can see this. This is what I was. Wait, wait, what are those? What are those? Those look oh, nice. I don't know. It's some indie book. I think I must have backed the Kickstarter or something. Plug. I got. They came in a package the other day, oh, and I was waiting. They're gorgeous. They're just oh, beautiful. they're beautiful. I mean, yeah. look at the colors and stuff. It's just it's awesome, and I really really enjoyed them. Uh, you know, some up and comer. I don't know somebody I've never heard of. What is it? Some Sacramento Kyron or Kyron, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. some 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 newbie. Nobody. KY run is what we call them. KY run. They were. I really thoroughly enjoyed. It. Like I loved the first one. Like I really loved the first one, and I kept going back and rereading the first one when I first got it. Like I don't know how long ago it was, and. I kept going back and going over it and going over it. So I was really excited when these got in. I was going to film it for a TikTok, but I was like, if I keep waiting around to do that, I'm not going to end up getting them ready anytime soon. So I broke them open and started reading them today. And Just so everybody knows, if, you, if you're not watching the video portion on our YouTube channel for this, and you're just listening to our podcast, what the book Fish is talking about is my series, Saw the Lightning Wilder. He back my recent Kickstarter and got issues one through three. And as you heard, he thoroughly enjoyed it. He loved it. He said he recommended it to all his family and friends. Um, Absolutely. He, he implied that, I'm sure. Buying uh, a copy for everybody I know and stocking stuffers. I'm going to be packing <laughs> those shoe boxes for Operation Christmas Child just full of Saw comics and shipping them out around the world. You know, We should do that as a, as a community. We should be giving out comics for Christmas and Halloween. Absolutely. Too. absolutely i I usually uh do like giveaways like i know for like christmas um i put together a couple things locally and then even back to school so like i'll get like backpacks and like school supplies but i'll also like put a couple issues of five star in the backpacks as well or like shirts um and just do like you know a couple giveaways to uh some, some local people so yeah i mean that's just little ways to give back to your community right there for one. There mm-hmm. That's actually like the, the first comics that I created 
that ever got seen by anybody were a little free comic book that I was doing through our church because we used to do this uh, operation backpack where they fill backpacks full of food for the kids that are on like free lunch to take home for the weekend because a lot of those a lot of those families like their solid steady meals are at school mm-hmm. and so we would fill backpacks with food and give it to them so that over the weekend they've got food too and usually there was a lot in there so brother and sister and you know mom and dad would have a little bit and you know and there'd be all kinds of stuff in there but we wanted to put fun stuff in there too so the church commissioned me to start making these little comic books and they're just these little ash can black and white comics that we printed on the church uh xerox machine and stapled together but that was some of the most fun i had like me and my kids in a little assembly line putting the pages together and stapling and folding and putting them in these backpacks and i'm like nobody's ever going to really see these nobody's going to care but it's fun we put puzzles and stuff in there too with them and a few years later i'm at my kid's school and i'm talking about like what life is like as an artist for career day and there were like three kids in his class that had collected all of those comics and like had traded them with people to make sure that they got all the issues. And I was like, man, that was really awesome. Even if it's just a handful of kids, but that they loved it, they collected them. That was, that was really fun. And then it was easy on the, to uh, eBay and find CGC rated 9.8 versions of that comic <laughs> going for $12,000. Right. Ooh. All right, Danny, what books did you read? I love that. Um, oh yeah, so me, I actually read a lot of comics this week. I got, I did six books this week. I got, um, I reread the Surgeon series by Laurie Foster and uh, Unlikely Hero Studios. This remains like my, it's probably my top five uh, indie comics of all time right now. Um, that Surgeon series, I just love it a lot. I actually read a mainstream book. See, um, Sojourner. See, I love uh, that. Co- I Lantern. love that cover. Yeah, anything with with Soldier on it, I'm buying. I didn't realize that this was the second book, but because I didn't read the first one, but I grabbed it and I started reading. I was like, I'm I'm lost. Um, I yeah. don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. But I have to go back and get the first one. Um, you may have been lost, but did you enjoy the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still good. Okay. You know, the art's great. Um, Green Lantern stories are always entertaining. At least I love yeah. the uh, the uh, universe building that they do. They, you always see crazy monsters and everything in there. Um, I got this in the mail. Spirit's Destiny, um, number three, a series that I'm enjoying. Uh, I think they got a new artist on this one. And then the, um, the cover by Larry Stroman, which is great. And then um, last but not least, our, our guest from a couple weeks ago, Dan Bethel. I start, I finally uh, finished that first look. You remember I, uh, I was yeah. reading the digital I was reading the digital on his website, and I was like, nah, let me just buy this. Let me, let me just buy these. So I finally got them in the mail. And, um, you know, I started reading this week and uh, this first volume was, was is excellent as I thought it was going to be. So oh, that's yeah. that is one of my favorite books, not even just self-publishing books, but books. It's one it's better yeah. than most of the stuff that Marvel and DC produces. And anybody that talks to me about it, I highly recommend it. Yeah, this is great. Oh, yeah. That's like the stuff from Unlikely Heroes. Like we had Lori Foster on our show and I was talking with her like a week later or so. And we were just talking about my book and what we were working on and she sent me some copies of the books that they're working on like the super book that's following mm-hmm. along like the d-list superhero team and it was so freaking good like not just the best out of indie comics that i've read that's like hands down one of the best comics i've read in a long time 
and uh the unthinkables she sent me the first issue of that oh Oh, it was so good and the characters are like so different and like essentially like all the justice league or whatever you know your superhero team got sent out to fight some giant evil that's coming to destroy the world and they all got wiped out so now they're having to go try and find like former villains and you know losers with superpowers and stuff whoever they can get that you would never consider to put in a superhero team to help defend Mm. the earth. And it was so much fun. And like, it was, it was like they stretched out to all the different aspects of the comic book world. And you had all kinds of different genres of characters and some are a little goofy and some are a little more serious. And, you know, it was so much fun. I absolutely loved it. I cannot say enough nice things. I need to, I need to check that one out. I think that's one of the, one of the only ones from the unlikely hero studios that I haven't read. So I definitely need to check that one out. What about you, Kyron? What did you read this week? So I didn't read anything self-published. Um, <clears throat> what I, I, I know. All right. That's I it. Know. Thank you, guys. I'm glad we could be you guys here. Are. Good luck on the show. <laughs> I mean, uh, at least he read something, I guess. <laughs> I, I, but I didn't. But yeah, what I have is not like big two. I um, What I got was I read Ant number 12 from Image. Um, originally, Created by uh, Mario Gully, but I guess now Eric Larson. Um, spoiler: Eric Larson will be on this show in a, a month or two. Just anybody wants to know. Um, I, I was wait, I was wondering when you were going to drop that news. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Larson is my favorite experience at a comic con because I showed him like one of those books I did for the church, and he very politely told me I suck. And I, I appreciate that because like, he didn't say anything that wasn't true about it. You know, like I knocked those books out in like a week so that they could get into the backpack that week. Like I was hustling on them and he really pushed me to take an honest look at stuff and work a lot harder. So I appreciate him for telling me I suck. Hey man, these books look like you did them in a couple of days. Uh, yeah. yeah, pretty much. I did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> The other two books I read this week, um, and I'm going to get hate for this, but I'm a huge Liefeld fan, so I got The Shield and Snake Eyes Endgame, or Dead Game, sorry, issue four. And uh, get hate for that. There's a lot of Liefeld haters out there. Oh, there's a lot of Liefeld haters. I I don't care. I have stand Liefeld since the early 90s, since I first saw him on New Mutants. Oh, man, I loved his stuff on New Mutants, man. I I copied him and McFarlane and Jim Lee and all those dudes. Like I was a straight ripoff of all of them back in the day, man. You know, I still am a ripoff of them. <laughs> they, they a, made a I, mark. And I think there's a, there's a difference between like, so there's artists that you might not agree with, you know, there's certain stuff. And then there's artists who are doing terrible things that, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't follow them or support them in any way. Um, you know, I don't think Dan is, I don't think, uh, Rob is, has crossed that, that boundary. So, uh, he can be, uh, he can be a little bit of a jerk to people on Twitter and and social media. Um, but as far as his art skills, I will get anything that he draws and it's a part of until probably the day I die, honestly. And if you look at him, he still looks like he's in his thirties, you know, he's like 60, I think. So. He'll probably die after me, especially the way I eat. <laughs> Still be making comics long after we're gone. <laughs> Still hiding the feet. 
Okay. There's a foot right there on the cover. Two feet. Two feet. Right there. Are those feet? Are those feet? Those are feet. All right. But let's let's talk about your book. Um, what we have originally created by Tony. Uh, there's three issues of five star, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all written for by now. Tony. For now. Give, give oh. us a month or two. For now, there's three issues. Okay, is that all the spoiler right. for this episode? There's a, another issue coming out soon? Absolutely. All right. I love it. And then, Fish, you are not the artist on the first two issues, right? But you came on no, the first No, I am three. not. Right. No, I, yeah, I got hired on issue three. I actually, like, <clears throat> I met Eric Bennett working on um Imperian Command and I was inking it and he was lettering it and he started hiring me for little jobs here and there. He'd hire me to ink pencils that he had had somebody else draw and then would send it to like Tristan to color and he kept hiring me for more and more stuff and then he hired me to do a little eight page story for the back of Power Company. And it was a story between Steel Wolf and Five Star, who was still in Power Company at the time. And he started showing those pages off to everybody in Power Company. And next thing you know, I'm booking jobs with Carlos and Tony and Roy. And Mm -hmm. I've been working steady ever since doing comics full time, you know, off of making friends with one guy on a book I worked on. And he introduced me to all these other guys and, you know, the rest is history. Well, Tony describes the people, the very few people out there who haven't read five star, what the book is about. I mean, there's like a couple people in like Indonesia, I'm sure the only people in the world that haven't read it, but mm, absolutely. Like I'm big in India. So there's probably some people there that haven't read it. So what is five star? (laughs) What's the story about? Give us all the details on it. All right. So five star, um, follows kevin terry who um uh he, he gets a second chance of life but with the second chance of life he gets these newfound powers and uh yeah newfound responsibility no i'm kidding <laughs> uh, but um he also gets some webbing and you know yeah he gets some webbing his you uncle know, dies his, his, uncle, his uncle gets away. killed off and he has to avenge uh, he's in love with realizes. a girl and he can't you know uh, show his idea it's just a, it's a bunch of stuff he's no i'm kidding uh no but um he doesn't wear a mask i i didn't want my character wearing a mask or a little like a little half mask to where it's like oh we don't know who this guy is so uh his identity will be known in the series so he's trying to he's a rookie in the comic book world that's already established right uh my take with that was i was a rookie writer coming into a world that's already established he's a rookie hero coming into a world that's already established it's like our journeys are one and the same right so he's trying to find his place in this superhero world, um, which will, you know, eventually come out in more issues. Um, and also he's trying to stick to his moral code with the extra fame and attention that's going to be coming from being a superhero. Um, you know, you save the day, you have women wanting to take selfies with you. You can, you can maybe start, you're getting invited to these celebrity parties, which I would imagine would happen, you know, now. Oh, absolutely. Like the movie stars and stuff throwing parties would want Superman and Batman to show up. And, you know, so, you know, he's going to get, he's going to get invited to these things. And how do you not lose yourself in that, you know, the fame that's going to come with it. Get lost in your own height. 
right? Yeah. Stick to your moral code. Um, he's not the only superhero, so he's like, that's I better. Mean, okay, I'm glad. <laughs> At Thank one you. point, <laughs> thanks. Better than what? Better one, better two. <laughs> better than four. But yeah, stars. so um, we're at issue three. We're kind of issue three was to me my favorite episode, my favorite issue, uh, mainly because I feel like I elevated writing, we elevated the art, um, and we're able to dig more into the person of Kevin Terry. Oh yeah, not just you know five star um, visually. Um, five star is appealing to people. So I've heard, <laughs> you know, they love they love the outfit. They love the he's a handsome man. I'll admit it. He's very handsome. It's a striking costume. <laughs> yeah. It's it it's beautiful and elegant and simple. I love everything about it. And you know, so that comes off nice, but making him an interesting character that we can yeah. care about, that's one of the things that I really enjoyed when I got the script for issue three was there was like real emotional stuff in it. It's not yeah. just guys in tights flying around blasting each other and throwing each other through walls like there was real emotional drama to it and you can really see how he has lost a lot along Mm. the way in becoming a hero it's not just hooray i got superpowers like he's lost people really close to him and suffered and has this responsibility on his shoulders now of this can't be in vain but then there's also all this fame and people wanting his attention and not knowing like what are their motivations and how easy it would be to get swept up in that. Like yeah. I would easily myself get swept up and have no idea that you've got ulterior motives and what you're doing. Right. The right. Scenes. Right. Right. And yes. So in issue three, uh, he's meeting uh, like the Kobe Bryant of our world who maybe eventually becomes something else. I'm not going to pull a Danny J quick right now. So he's actually a character who's um, I have a bro- my brother is like a, is like hardcore Kobe Bryant fan. When we was in school, he's watching he's sneaking to watch YouTube videos of like Kobe's highlight tapes. Like he's obsessed with Kobe Bryant. Uh, and so I want to incorporate my brother into the comic book. So I'm like, I'm going to make you, you know, his name in the book is Aaron Tyler. I'm going to make you the Kobe Bryant of this world um but when you've reached the fashion is that the fashion icon guy no no he's he's introduced to him in issue three uh he's with the fashion icon okay okay i remember yeah so um but you've reached you know people like that don't like to lose right Mm -hmm. people like kobe bryant they hate to lose so there's a part in issue three where he gets knocked out by the villain, right? I'll give a little spoiler for issue four right here, right now, because I'm with Danny, Danny J. Quick, it wouldn't be right not to give a spoiler. Let's do it. Issue four, you know, Five Star helps him up at the, at the at a, at a part in the book, and he's like, he's, he's upset. Like, I don't take L's, and I guarantee it won't happen again. So that implies, like, okay, what's he got? So he eventually is going to become – another hero in our universe um, because if you've reached that point in basketball where you've done everything you can do and you know, what's next for me anyway, and that career level, but then you just take an L to these villains. He's like, nah, I'm not letting that happen again. So not You're the only king he on the court, but then all of a sudden you get knocked in the dirt and realize, Oh, yeah. wait a minute, there's yeah. something bigger than me. I can't have that. 
Uh, right. I like that. I, I like that. I like that drive. That that Kobe and Michael Jordan mentality. Yeah. He doesn't have that that LeBron mentality where he's just gonna pack up and leave and go somewhere Don't else and that. try to be a good. Don't do that, Kyron. Don't do that, Kyron. We're not going what? back to this debate. I've been busting people over the head the whole week about this. Let's let's focus on uh, five star, please. So, <laughs> I'm just saying, and, and then it's also, a certain mentality that they have. LeBron doesn't have that. It is, it is a mentality. I'm not going to speak on whether LeBron has it or not. But um, – and I always say, like, I know, like, a few, like, diehard Kobe Bryant fans, and they're, like, all the same. Like, it, like if you pull away the layers, like, Kobe Bryant fans have a certain type of personality about them. And it's usually – they focus a lot on winning. So I wanted to incorporate that with this character – like, he's not thankful that he got saved. He's not thankful that the kids, I mean, like, part of him is, like, he's he's not like, oh, forget that. But he's like, nah, bro, I just took an L. Like, but yeah, what's most important to him is that he just got I beat. just took an L, and I can't take an that L That does again. not happen in my world. No, right. it doesn't happen. So, I ain't having it. And what do and I got to do? What I remember is that it was wild to me that this regular dude is standing up to these, like, there's three ice Ice and he just colors. like gets up in their face. Yeah. Like, what yeah, yeah. are you gonna do? Yeah, but yeah. oh yeah. Yeah, so I that think shows a lot about his personality true. right there. Because yeah. I guarantee you, like, I would be holding doors and ushering people outside. I am not getting up in Bane's face. I'd be like, what you gonna do? What you gonna do? Yeah. Right. It's smack is what I'm gonna do. No, that's all right. I like that, and I appreciate that insight because I remember um when I read it, I thought. Yo, this regular dude, you know, is yeah. standing up to these dude, and now you know, knowing that uh, you're gonna continue his story, that's dope. I like that. Yeah, it's and it's hard for us, right, as indie creators, because we have these elaborate stories, but we're not getting them out as fast as you know mm-hmm. the big two have, and it's also hard because you know, like if you want to read something about a Spider-Man character, most of the time you can just go on Wiki and find out. <laughs> any and everything about the character and just get caught up with that so that's that's part of what's interesting about indie comics but it's also a struggle for us because we're like oh you just don't know like wait till mm-hmm. you read issue 10 that's in realistic time could be 10 years, years down the road <laughs> like so now do you find uh, that's probably one of the hardest things of being a self-publisher is just that time frame of how long it takes to produce Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it's not, you know, that's one thing that the big guys have over us is that they can, you know, like automate it and put it through an assembly line and have a lot of other people working on it along the way. So one guy could just be sitting there writing out plots all day, which get Mm -hmm. handed to the artists that pencil out pages and hand them off to inkers who hand them off to letterers and colorists and all this stuff. And you have a whole lot of people working on it so you can get stuff out a whole lot faster when you're the only person writing the script and, you know, and and doing it in a vacuum, you don't have a whole editorial staff around you in the offices that you can bounce ideas off of or be like, Oh, you know what would be great. You know, why don't you have this guy come in from the side? Oh, that's a great idea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and like, I'm fast and, and I'm a one-stop shop, which a lot of, guys in the indie world like he does pencils and you do inks or something like that like i do the whole nine yards and i'm fast but still there's only so much i can get done you know in so much time and then 
I'm working on other books. And when you're doing small indie books, it takes a while to get the funding together to, you know, pay for the work to get done. It takes time to write it. You know, I totally understand why some people get like a book out a year. You know, I'm really impressed with the way Roy Johnson has his stuff together and planned out and is the way he's working out his Kickstarters and stuff. Like he paid for the first book out of pocket and then the Kickstarter for that book, the book's finished before it goes to Kickstarter. The money from that Kickstarter directly goes to pay the artist for the next book. And when it gets done and goes to Kickstarter, that money pays me for the next book. And so he's knocking out like four books a year that way, where a lot of guys are lucky to get one. And that's smart. You know, that keeps them out. And the way he does it, you know, you're going to get your book quick. Cause like I've backed Kickstarters, we've all backed Kickstarters and then you're waiting a year and there's been slowdown after slowdown. And well, my anchor quit and like, I'm constantly getting updates like, well, our anchor quit and walked away. So I got to find somebody else that'll do it for this price or this, that, or the other. And it's, it's a tough business and it makes things run slow and that's hard to keep that motivation. It's hard to keep people excited about it. Like, you know, I just read the third issue of Saw. I'm dying to know what happens in issue four. Me too. And I know I'm not going to get it next month. You know, I don't just have to wait four weeks for it. Like, I got to wait a minute to see what happens. And, you know, see who I this is. I also think in the, with the big two, though, that's, that contributes to their lack of storytelling, too. Because right now, if you notice in the big two, you're seeing a lot of reboots. You're, you're, try, you're seeing a lot of things that they're trying to redo. And I think that's because they don't have they've they've told a lot of their stories with these characters. So now that's why I think now you're seeing more people who want to read the indie stuff because you can't figure out everything like that's the mystery. You know what I mean? Like you have to wait. There is no spoilers for it because it's not out yet. Mm. You know, there's a handful of people that have seen it. So that's that's what's interesting for us, because. We, we have the luxury, if, if we're on our game, to um, really reel people in and, and have them wait and like waiting and wanting to know what happens instead of most Marvel stories, you can read another story and probably understand the outcome of what the current story is going to be or how it's going to unfold or have like, oh, I bet they bring in this character to be a part of this or, Oh, I bet they pull from that. And to where we, we have that like open slate. Uh, Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I I think also for me, at least when I read stuff from Marvel, particularly Marvel is a lot of what they're doing now is to direct people towards the movies and TV shows. Cause they know that's where their money is. And it it does confine the type of stories that they can tell. Cause they now Mm -hmm. have the, it's not, it's not necessarily that everything that um, Marvel produces on movie-wise is canon, but that you can see that their stories are slowly edging towards whatever you see in the movies. And it's, Their yeah. business model is aimed at pushing you towards the movies because the movies are going to make more profit. The, the movies are going to sell way more toys than the comic books are. Like That's the drive behind it. And I understand it. They're a business and they want to make more money. And toy sales and movie sales are better money, but like, but then even, you see them making, 
Oh yeah. But you see them making decisions that aren't based on making the story better, but are based on, you know, their movie decisions, like the whole killing off all the mutants thing, because Fox had the rights to the, x-men and we're not going to get to profit off of that so we're just going to make everybody in humans and move it over this direction instead like it makes good financial sense for them to only be telling stories that they can reap the profit of down the road but like as a fan and as a reader that wasn't a good decision i don't think i didn't like it but you know as a small independent publisher, we can really pay more attention to what's going to make our stories more interesting. What's going to be right for our characters. What, you know, where is this going to lead really and not have to worry about all that stuff? Like it's, it's not bad to think about things like how hard would this be to do as a TV show? Like my book I'm working on right now, one of the main characters is eight foot tall lizard man. Like that doesn't, that doesn't translate to an Amazon series very well. Like that would be really expensive to do. And I know that going into it, but you know, it's just too cool a story not to tell it that way. The story deserves to be told. Right. So if that means it doesn't get picked up as a TV show, okay. It doesn't get picked up as a TV show, but you know, Danny, what was you going to say? Even on our level, you said you were starting to say something like even on our level, Oh, yeah. Um, so like merch and stuff like that. So if you I've, I've found recently, like um, y'all know, I'm, I have um, Ace Blazers on Kickstarter right now. But is it? First, is he? Are you sure? I think I heard it. Tell Maybe. us more. I'm, I'm what I'm is this Ace Blade of which you speak? <laughs> I'm not sure now. Maybe it's not. But no, <laughs> uh, even um, even on our level, like there are people out there who, you know, would want to buy, you know, a five star T-shirt or you know something right. like that. So um, my Explained first three, action figures, yeah, absolutely. My first three uh, Kickstarter campaigns, Ace Blade didn't do. You know, I couldn't get Ace Blade over three thousand dollars to save my life. You know, the 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 all the work that we were doing and all the writing and art and promos mm-hmm. and all this stuff, um, I couldn't for the life of me get over that three thousand three hundred dollars. And then, you know, um, when I when we did King Supreme last year, you know, Wally told me, he was like, hey, we got to offer people more stuff than just the books because the profit margins are very slim on the books, yes. on, on the comics themselves. The profit margins are very slim. So we got to offer skate decks and we got to offer T-shirts and hats. And we offer all of this stuff that we can make and we can deliver to people. Um, and just, you know, if people, if they want them, they'll buy them. If they don't want them, then, you know, we didn't thankfully we didn't order a hundred of them that we have to right, right, you know right. that, that are sitting here so you know i think it i think it absolutely helps you know the business part to um to have those things available for people because there are there are definitely people who will buy them mm-hmm. oh it amazes me like every time i go look at somebody's kickstarter and it's like you know here's the five dollar and the ten dollar and the fifteen dollar tier and then here's the 50 and the 100 and the 150 and the 250. And it's like, you get down to the like 150 and it's like, oh, there's only three left because 10 people have already taken it. I'm like, mm-hmm. dang, who's got the money to be backing like this? I'm glad y'all are out there. Thank you for your support. But yeah, dang. And like, even with me, like I back a lot of Kickstarters, but when I see something like, when I see something offered like this, uh, I, you know, I might have to splurge sometimes. So, like, usually I only back to get a book, you know, um, but when 
I saw that Victor was was offering, you know, CGC graded books and, and Mike was doing sketch covers. I was like, man, I can afford that hundred dollars. Let me let me, you know, take that leap. So it's I think it's cool. I definitely think it's cool. Right. Well, That's my eyes. I need to order some. I need to plan some different stuff for my Kickstarter. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think this would be a great time for us to go to our favorite segment of the show, which is Danny's Quick Takes. Uh, Danny uh, has five questions that he's going to, I guess, go to the two of you as a group. Um, for each question, you're going to have 45 seconds to answer everything off the top of your head. Um, you're going to hear that sound, and then when every when the sound is done, you hear a loud beep, letting you know that that's it. So, uh, Danny, go ahead and take it away. Yes. So I'd like to let people know before before we start this that yes, I have been stalking you on social media. And yes, <laughs> I have done. And yes, I have done deep dives into your uh, your images and all of your public stuff. So it's not too intrusive. Um, but these are you know these are things that uh, I saw when I was scrolling your social media pages. And I just have questions about. All right. Oh boy. Um, oh god. The first one. The first one isn't too bad, but uh, it should be easy. So Tony, I want to know five star versus Saab. Who wins and why? Five star versus who? Saab. Who? Saab the Lightning Wielder. Oh, you don't even know who that is. I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> wasting you forty five seconds. Five star all day. Easy answer. Easy answer. I'd no say question. five star too, just because he's got the experience in using his powers that and she's still getting a hold of. I love that. I love that. I love it a lot. Um All right, I'll be into the show. Everybody, thank you. Have a good night. <laughs> thank y'all for being here. Don't bother back in this. Don't ever expect to have Tony or the fish <laughs> on this show ever again. Maybe even Danny. Next week might just be me. <laughs> uh i love it i love it i love the um i was watching that the promo that you did with um freestyle comics uh when you and uh you and hotshot when five star and hotshot oh yeah yeah. and And i just loved it so much i didn't know that you were you know that y'all were leading up to the big reveal of you know Mm -hmm. joining the team nwo style but um i really enjoyed that so i I figured he's the third man yeah so um yeah, man, that 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 was fun. That was super fun to do. And there was times where, like, you know, feelings were actually hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on both ends. When I saw uh, I my mean, artwork even, being used to yeah. burn five star, I mean, like, it hurt me. Yeah. And I was also proud because it was such a good burn. But yeah. it hurt to see my work being used that way. Uh, and then it was it all it all. Um, we were talking like, you know, I didn't want to waste the opportunity. I'm like, yo, like. I'll be in Columbus. Like, let's do it now. Let's, what can we do? And um, I think Danny just showed the logo that like in the NWO style. And I was like, let's do this. I said, I'm about to start. A, I sent them the first meme. Like I'm about to start this fake beef. Mm-hmm. And at first they were like, Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, like, so then it was, you know, I sent my thing out and then Mike crunched me that next morning with the, you're not even in double digit books junior uh-huh. sit down you know what i mean so then i was like okay now i'm gonna have to bring like the heat so and danny cooper shout out to him he was sending us both memes to like mm-hmm. you know go back and forth with oh it. so it, those were so good it was fun, danny, Co- man. danny cooper is a master with the memes though danny yeah. cooper is 
it was fun. It was fun to, uh, and then it was fun, you know, actually being there. You, Cause like, even in Mike's setup, you always, I don't know if you guys, like, if it's for this, like when I'm watching podcasts, I'm like, I wonder what the outside of that room looks like besides the little square that I'm seeing. So uh-huh. like I was down in, you know, the FSK headquarters and I'm, you know, I'm looking at, it's like a play date too, because my wife drops me off because she's like, I'm not sitting at somebody's. <laughs> so like, I come in there with my, my little lunch bag, like, can I go play with my comic book friends? And I go down to the basement and there's like action figures everywhere. Is Michael, Michael here? Can like, you come out to play? Here's, here's a PlayStation controller. I'm going to go, I'm going to go put my shirt on. You know what I'm saying? So I'm like down mm-hmm. in his basement playing virtual fighter five with all the action figures around. I'm like, it was cool though. It was, it was, it was enjoyable. And the whole experience was dope. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah. I love that, man. That was great. All right. So a uh, quick take. Question two, and this is for both of you. Um, I noticed that you both have lost a lot of weight over the years. You both are were bigger guys at one point. I'm a I'm kind of a big guy, um, and recently, you know, because of this uh, Ace Blade thing, I've been losing some weight. My wife put me on a diet, and I've been doing push-ups. Um, so, give me your weight loss secrets. Consistency. Exercise more. Eat less. <laughs> really, um... real complicated. Do this for me. My biggest thing is do the small things that work for you because you're going to hear from everyone. Oh, you ought to do this. You ought to do that. You ought to do this. It's not necessarily always going to work for you in the in your routine. So just pick because what you're There's doing There's different today, ways to get there, but the one that works for you is the one that works. Yeah. What you're doing today is more than what you were doing yesterday. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't get discouraged. You know, if you if you wake up and you're like, oh, I want some McDonald's and you bash some McDonald's, the biggest thing is people are like, oh, I already messed up today. Might as well mess up the rest of the Might as well, well give up. up the week. Just Might get well McDonald's every it. night. Yeah. Two months later, you're in a you're sitting with a tub of ice cream. <laughs> it's just you gotta you know keep I mean? at it. Even though you stumble and you mess up, you gotta get back at it and do it again. Like I lost 120 pounds and then I started dating my wife and we got married and Uh-oh. I put like 60 back on. Out That'll of that. do it too. That'll do I'm it still to 60 below what I used to be, yeah, but okay. now I, I lost 20. Say I lost 60. Yeah. I've had to start working my way back down again. And you know, the occasional like half sweet tea turned into the occasional soda turned into a soda every day. And next thing you know, I'm back 60 pounds up again. So I'm back to the unsweet tea and back to the sugar-free Kool-Aid mixes and, you know, and watching my carbs. And that's been easy for me because I sugar-free Kool-Aid. I've never heard of that. Man, I would just drink water water at that point. It's a purely (laughs) Caucasian thing. Like it's very white. You've got to go like ultra white to get to the sugar-free stuff. There's a a special section in the grocery store for, I believe. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Wait, so... So since they brought up the race thing, can we now open up that door? <laughs> hey, what questions? No, about- no, no, okay. Kyron. We're not trying to get banned on the tenth episode. All right. We're not. A- <laughs> all right, all right. Next all right. question. Question number three. This one is for Fish. All right. So oh, I awesome. noticed that uh, uh, you also. I think uh, a couple weeks ago, one of our other guests was a, a musician, and I saw that you you are a percussionist. Is that right? As a matter of fact, I am. Yeah, I've been Absolutely. playing. <laughs> And it's crazy. I got the drums completely by accident. Everybody, all of my buddies wanted to start a band in high school and they all ran out and got like their grandmas to buy them like guitars and basses out of the Sears catalog. 
And I was stuck trying to talk my dad into buying me a $600 drum set. And if my parents weren't divorced and he could stick it at my mom's house, I don't think I ever would have got it, but (laughs) I got stuck with it and I ended up falling in love with it. And like, I've been playing in churches for years and stuff. And I've got this gigantic monster kit that has like 15 different toms on it and like 11 Mm -hmm. symbols and stuff. I I absolutely love it. (laughs) I love it. So the question is, um, art or drums? Art, hands down. I mean, I'm a storyteller at heart. That's where my passion is. I love playing the drums, but I've got to tell stories in Plus, whatever form that, that art, is. That art brings in that, that money. <laughs> yeah. I, I ain't getting paid at the church to play drums. It's fun. I love it. I oh, it. That's like where I get my worship on. But I, you know... I'm an artist all day long. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Tony, this next one is for you. Um, Like me, I noticed that you are a fan of Dante Bosco, right? Um, So which of his characters um, would you keep? If one of these characters had to disappear forever, which one would you keep? Uh, Zuko or Rufio? Oh, I mean, I love both characters like i'm actually uh i'm about to get tatted with both those characters that's my passion for the characters but like you gotta go i mean i, I gotta keep zuko the, the storyline hands down hands, hands down. down like i don't uh, see how that's even a question but you yeah. know yeah no, you know as a kid rufio i don't know i did i don't know um he's not even his story's not even that big it's not even yeah. that but I don't. It's a, it's something that was iconic for me at a time. But uh, yeah, Zuko hands down. Zuko. That nostalgia kicks in for me with uh, with Rufio. Like he didn't yeah. play. I mean, he was a you know a secondary character in the in that Hook movie. But uh, just his impact on the movie and yeah. uh, you know it it was a lot. So I, I feel you on that. Plus, okay. I I know it's quick. I know it's supposed to be quick. But you you opened up a, a door, Danny. And <laughs> I just got to comment on this real quick. Uh, you know. Homie hold it down. Peter Pan went off and had a family and did all this thing. Rufio took the He, he stepped took up, the, took lead. Yeah. Took, step up, took yeah. the lead. And then all of a sudden now y'all want to go back to Pan Man and knock and you know what I mean? So yeah, that, that there's that too. But we won't we we'll keep going. <laughs> quick quick. Next question. That could have been that could have been a whole series in itself. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh you found a unicorn with um with with uh fish here. You found a, a unicorn, so an artist who is fast mm-hmm. and um, is high quality, right? I we know that's corny. Actually, Dang. Oh, I thought we like we're talking about we found a hypothetical unicorn. What would we do? No. I was like, I'd no. run. That thing's well, I was thinking man. like, I, I, yeah, I was like, what, uh, did I post a picture of a unicorn plushie? <laughs> no, uh, no like, I saw you like My Little Pony. And a yeah, I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was, I was like, okay. Hell, terrible. Um, so, but I've got to ask you, um, and this question is for you both also, if, when it comes to making comics, if you could only get one of the two qualities, speed or quality, which one would you, which one would you go for and why? Quality. Oh, man. Come on. Quality. I mean, it depends on how much quality we would lose to just have speed, because speed is good, too. Like, I mean, being able to get books out quickly and consistently is a big part of what keeps the motivation in the mind and keeps people buying. So, like, 
if I had to lose a little quality but could still tell a decent story and could get like my own book out every month, say, I would take the speed over quality. If you, see that. you know, but if it came down to it, I could do one really good graphic novel at a time and put them out every couple of years, you know, as a completed story with, but yeah, I think I'd take speed personally. I mean, I like my quality, but <laughs> well, you know, speed pays the bills. <laughs> art, you know, great art captures people too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Quality art. There's people who get comics and just look at the art and don't read. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I mean, look at the image comics back in the nineties when they first started, every one of their books outside of spawn was constantly late, but people still bought millions of copies every month. Mm-hmm. So you can have a monthly I can see book. Both. I mean, but like you said, I don't have to worry about that problem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I got both. I'm lucky. Yeah. (laughs) Or I just got ADD and I can't focus on anything for too long, so I got to be fast. One or the other. (laughs) Which, whatever works for you, whichever works. Use it to my advantage. (laughs) Um, So that's it for my uh, quick takes. I appreciate y'all. Those were were great answers. Um, Let's get back to the show. I, I, I like those. That was nice. And now a word from our sponsor. And now back to the show. We were talking about quality work. I want to talk to Fish about um, a project that at least on the outside seems very important to you. And that's your books, uh, Tourette's Life and T-Man. T-Man and Hyperstrike. Thank you. Um, I mean, both of these are books about living with Tourette's. T-Man is a superhero with Tourette's, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, like the living embodiment of everybody in the world with Tourette syndrome. So he taps in, in my book to explain why we have Tourette's is we're tapped into this cosmic T force that only certain people are tapped, like one in a hundred people are tapped into. And it causes us to be more creative and more intelligent, have faster reflexes and, you know, be great musicians and artists and, you know, athletes, but it also causes our bodies to tick and shake and jerk because it's just burning off all that extra awesomeness. And T-Man is tapped directly into this. So he has the combined intelligence and created creativity and speed and strength of everybody in the world with Tourette's. And, you know, I completely designed him to be as inspiring as he could be for kids, but I never imagined like the letters I would get from kids, you know, and the videos of kids jumping on the couch being, he's got my tick. I'm helping him save the day. Like Mm. that just made me cry and just weep, you know, when I would get some of these letters. It was really awesome. And your question is. (laughs) Actually, I mean, you answered. I was going to ask you, what is it like? basically being a spokesperson for Tourette's in a way because you're out there showing people that Tourette's is, you know, it's, it's a common thing. Not, I mean, it's not, it really is common. I mean, like it's one in a hundred people have Tourette's syndrome and you know, it's not what it gets characterized as in the movies, you know, people screaming out curse words is easy to make jokes about. And, you know, and that's like, 10 to 15% of people with Tourette's have that. Now that's not insignificant. That's still one out of every 10 of us have that. And I have it sometimes, but it's a lot more than that. A lot of times it's just sniffing and blinking. And a lot of people get by in everyday life and people just think they have allergies. You know, a lot of my tics are subtle things like tugging at my clothes and, you know, 
shifts and wiping my mouth and rubbing my nose and things like that easily get overlooked you know it's when they get more severe and my eyes clamp shut and i can't see and my jaw locked shut and i can't talk and i'm shaking too bad to walk that it becomes a lot more obvious like i spent 15 years stuck in a wheelchair and couldn't get around um it can be really really hard and really brutal like a lot of my friends have bruises all over their body because they're constantly hitting themselves and stuff it's it can be a really tough condition to survive. It can be a tough on our families, you know, like it ruined my first marriage and my first wife left because she couldn't handle it. And, you know, it's tough, but I could either lay down and give up and die, or I could say, you know what? I'm still a pretty awesome dude. You know, even when I was stuck in my wheelchair, even when I couldn't speak, even when I've got, you know, an abusive wife at the time that wouldn't feed me or anything because she was mad at me because we couldn't go somewhere because I was shaking too bad. Sometimes I couldn't do anything but get one eye open and one thumb working. But that one thumb could work my phone and communicate with people on Facebook. And I could encourage and uplift people on the other side of the globe, you know, saying, hey, it's not that bad. You can see. You got a driver's license. You can drive, dude. You got the world by the tail, man. You know, get out there and do it, you know. And I'm just naturally a really positive person, and I'm an encourager at heart, so it went really easily into that. And then I got crippled so badly by it for so long. I literally had nothing else to do but get on the internet and talk. Like a lot of days, I might not be able to speak for a week, but I could communicate online with people over Facebook. And so I spent that Mm -hmm. time encouraging people and trying to lift people up. And then once it did get a little bit better and I got a computer I could draw on, which would smooth out some of the shakiness in my hand, I started drawing cartoons about Tourette's life and just funny things that happened to me just to knock the edge off and encourage people. And that blew up. And, you know, some of my cartoons have been shared like 800,000 times around the world now. And it's crazy when I still see like this cartoon I drew like 10 years ago, show up as people's like profile picture and stuff. And like, look at that. But, uh, Oh, sorry. Have, have you ever reached out to any type of like Tourette's organizations to show them your work and be like, Hey, you know, you guys can maybe have these books or sell them to Oh, them? I've had, I've had a lot of different organizations around the world reach out to me. Um, and you know, they've asked permission and I've always given it, you know, to reprint some of my cartoons, like in their newsletters or, you know, things that they're doing. Uh, some of the places like in Argentina and stuff have asked my permission to translate my cartoons, you know, into Portuguese or Spanish or whatever and share them with their people there. And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You know, just as long as it's done well and, you know, and it looks good, that's all I care about. Um, I got to a point, I started the Tourette's Life cartoon as like a challenge to myself I got to the point to where like I would have an hour a day, maybe that I was steady enough that I could try and draw. And so I challenged myself to see if I could draw something every day and Tourette syndrome awareness month had come up. So I was like, okay, I'm going to draw something every day this month 
to try and encourage people, which evolved into my Tourette's Life cartoons, mm. which evolved into a page. And then I had thousands of followers on that page. And so I'm constantly putting out these cartoons, trying to keep up, you know, with this thing that I had started. And I'm always encouraging people and I'm always telling people you can chase your dreams and don't let Tourette stop you. You might have to do things a little differently. Like I have to work from a recliner because I can't sit up in an office chair for very long because after about an hour sitting up in an office chair, I'm shaking so bad I can't see, but I can lay back in my recliner and work for hours. And it's hard to find a job at the store that you can do. Like Walmart won't let me work in a recliner, but I can draw (laughs) comic books in my recliner. And, you know, I've had to learn to work around things, but I was sitting here encouraging people that they could chase their dreams. And I wasn't really chasing my dream. I was doing, you know, a funny cartoon and I'm a funny guy. Like I crack jokes all day long. I cracked a joke last night that had me laughing for like six hours, like can't breathe, crying, like, you know, I sucked my wife's hair down my throat at one time, hyperventilating because I was laughing so hard in bed. I couldn't get to sleep last night. I was laughing so hard. I can be funny, but trying to be funny on command, trying to sit down. Okay, now we make a joke. That is hard. Like that is the hardest thing I've ever had to do. I can tell stories all day long. You want me to make up a brand new character right now and give him a deep backstory and a tragic history? No problem. Let's do it. Trying to write a joke on command is nearly impossible for me. So I was doing this funny comic strip, but I wasn't telling the stories that I wanted to tell. And I'm telling all these kids, you can do whatever you want to do and you can chase your dreams. But I wasn't chasing my dream. And so finally I was like, okay, I love you guys. I got to drop the comic, the cartoons, because I need to tell stories. I need to tell my stories. And the first one was T-Man and Hyperstrike. And that did great. And for an indie book, I did really good. Like I sold 400 copies that first year without really even trying, you know, just between the Kickstarter and between people coming across my page and ordering and stuff. I, you know, and occasionally making a post like, oh, I'm shipping out comics today. I get 10 more sales. And it did really well organically. I know a lot of indie books are lucky if they sell a hundred copies, you know? So I'm really glad that it did as well as it did. And then I got so busy doing other people's comic books. I haven't been able to go back and do the next issue of T-Man. But, you know, like I said, my ex left and suddenly I'm disabled and on my own and have to figure out a way how to keep the lights on and keep my kids fed on my own. And luckily it hit all at the same time that people like Tony are needing books done and Roy's needing Sentinel's books done and the power company needs to get done. And all of a sudden I'm working in my dream job that I've always wanted to work in and paying the bills and paying the rent, keeping the lights on and buying groceries, drawing comic books. And I always thought like, if I had to draw other people's stories it would be a cop out like, yeah, I would draw Spider-Man if they're going to pay me money, but I'd rather do my own stories. It turns out like I love five star and steel wolf, like every bit as much as if they were my characters, you know, and some of these books I've gotten to work on, like the Sentinels is just as much my baby as it is Roy's. Like I've been able to add so much little things into the character development and the emotion and and defining the looks of these characters and stuff that 
I love these books. I would be perfectly happy working forever on other people's books if I never told one of my own stories. But I got a couple of good stories that I think I need to get out there, you know, just because I think the readers deserve to get to see it. And the story deserves to get told on its own. And so I feel like sometimes I've let go of my Tourette's advocate aspect a little bit, you know, because it's not my number one focus all day long anymore, but my Tourette's is also doing a lot better now. So it's not the number one thing on my life all the time. I'm not constantly thinking about, well, am I going to get something to eat for lunch or am I going to be able to make it to the bathroom? Which am I going to choose? Like I can get up and make my own lunch. I can get up and go to the bathroom. I can drive again. I can do all kinds of stuff I couldn't do for years, but you know, I still try and be positive. I still try and be encouraging and uplifting, but I also got to stay busy keeping the lights on, you know, making comics. Definitely got to do that. Um, That's amazing, man. I I didn't know any of that stuff about you. That's why, and that's why I love doing this show. I'm glad uh, Kyron bullied me into doing it because I'm learning a lot (laughs) about, uh, (laughs) I learn a lot about uh, the creators that we talk to all the time that, you know, that I, that I wouldn't have known otherwise. So, um, that's that's just great to hear. You guys, can you give me some space here? No, <laughs> sorry, my dog is like wanting attention. You guys also do your own show though, Five Star Fridays, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So Tony, how did that come about? Well, I um, I've always wanted to to do something like that where uh at first it was with my my kids wanted to do something they wanted to start a youtube channel and the amount of time that you have to put to make a successful youtube channel just wasn't it's a lot of cards um and you get you get just it's kind of discouraging because you're watching like your your kids are like okay turn our video off let's watch whatever (laughs) you know what i mean so it's like that ain't what i do let me let me reel that down some uh mike michael watson's doing his chat and draw uh i'm like man i want to do something like that obviously without the draw i'll just do the chat part um so i'm i'm you know but i don't have this i don't man he's got that going on he's got that and you know my biggest thing was like just do it just start it just start so i i set up my cell phone i get a little light i'm like how can I tie it to my comic books? The name Five Star Fridays pops in. I'm like, that'll work just fine. Um, I didn't really think about having to commit every Friday. <laughs> uh, That's why you start bi-weekly and then you get extra time. You throw another episode here and there. So I didn't I didn't think about that with the name at first. Like, uh, Friday night, you usually want to do something, but it's cool. Five Star uh, Thursdays doesn't have the same ring to it. doesn't have the same ring to it. So I'm like, you know what I'm going to, so I started with just my cell phone. I'm in my dingy little basement. Fish was actually my first guest. It was, it was, you know, choppy. Um, but I just grew from there. I'm like, what can I slowly start to get um, until we got the setup we are now? And um, it's, it is like, like Danny said, you get to learn so much about the other creators oh, man. that you don't know. And you learn something like you pick up things from different people like, oh, that's a good idea that he does with his Kickstarter. Maybe I can put that in with mine or and you you build these relationships and these bonds with people. And it, and it also plays back to the 
get people to like you and they'll support your product. So <laughs> now I'm in the limelight. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, ta- I'm in front of people. They're getting to know Tony Clapper, the creator. Uh, so now it's like, man, I like Tony Clapper. I like what he does. He supports other people. Now, when he comes out with a book, I'll su- man, I'll support anything Tony Clapper comes out with because he supports other people. He um and, and it's like it's a genuine thing too it's not like you know oh let me support this person for i can get supported it's more like the stuff that you yeah, he had me on his show i'll put five bucks on his kickstarter yeah yeah, yeah. like we're <laughs> actually making friends with people and yeah. that's a really cool thing like like after the show last week and everybody got off tony got off me and one of the guests sat there talking for like 30 minutes afterwards yeah. just talking up a storm having a big time and you know and like i've made some really good friends with people that like like i said we i was talking with Lori foster like weeks after the show and she sent me copies of those books to read and like they are hands down some of the best books i've read and like i'm really excited for her i'm excited for every bit of news i see of what she's doing i i'm invested in her as a friend now and i want to see her succeed and right. see everything she touches succeed so and, you you start to build, you know that, and then uh, shout out to Michael Watson again. Like, you know, I hit I hit up Fish. I'm like Fit, and I even Danny J Quick. I'm like, yo, what programs do you use for certain things? Um, you know, Fish. I'm gonna get a new laptop set up. What what laptop should I? And it, you you have so much support from people, and then Michael Watson's like, one day he just sends me all these logos. Like, yo, I seen your Streamyard was a little bare. <laughs> Here's a five star Friday logo. Here's a banner. Here's all this, uh, and just completely helped me out with that. So I was able to by the tenth episode. That's not a lot of time. I mean, ten weeks was able to go from strictly Facebook Live, adding people in through my cell phone to complete backdrop, professional equipment, and the professional look for from Streamyard. So it's all about just starting and growing and trying to slowly build to that next level um and then i'm like yo i, I want to get i want to have somebody else on the show and me and fish we were working together on five star he was already at that point on a couple episodes so i reached out to him like yo you want to co-host with me it'll be fun um and it's kind of like like danny i was like he just hits me out of the blue and is like hey do you want to do it like being on the show is one thing i can invest a friday night to yeah. help out maybe get some more views on our work and you know anything to get the name out there, get more views. Maybe somebody's going to see my work and say, Hey, I want to commission him for a book, you know? Okay, cool. And then he's like, Hey, do you want to come on every Friday and invest yeah. in this and be a co-host? And I was like, damn, Tony. I said, talk to your wife. Cause that's the thing. Like I had to ask my wife, like, are you okay with me giving up every Friday night to do this? And she's like, Hey, if it helps your work, absolutely. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a shot. I mean, yeah, it's going to be extra work and, you know, extra things to take mm-hmm. out of my time. And I'm real careful. You know, I live with Tourette's. I've got to be careful how much of myself I put out there. Cause if I put out too much today, I'm going to be stuck in bed tomorrow and can't walk. So like, you know, I gotta be careful, but it's like, yeah. let's do it. Let's give it a shot. And I have picked up so much from mm-hmm. it. And like I said, made so many friends and so many connections and, you know, met really interesting people and learned a lot and you know i'm loving it 
I love it, man. And I think uh, what Tony said earlier was uh, was absolutely key, being consistent. I remember early um, in the, I think when you got to like the 10th episode or something like that, you were like, yo, this 10 episodes is a big thing, just like Kyron yeah. was saying, you know, putting out 10 comics, self, self-publishing 10 comics is is a big deal when you're, you know, you're at a level, mm-hmm. um, at the level that we are. So um, being consistent. Um, I think Kyron's got one more special question and then we'll, uh, We'll we'll ask Fish to pray for us and we'll close out. Are we getting religious on the show? Uh, all right. Don't think I won't now. All right. So I do have one more question. Um, and it's for both of you guys. So what book out of all the books you've produced, what book got you most excited for and why? What fish? And be honest, don't don't just lie, say five stars because well, Tony's here, fish. Well, Tony, you go first. Like, well, yeah, because I've, I've done I've done uh, a lot less books <laughs> and been a part of a lot less things, and so like I only have you know five star and uh, the two books I did with Power Company. But uh, wait, no, you did an anthology I thought also recently with the Kickstarter or something like that. Uh, were you part of some group for an anthology or no? Oh, the el- the elsewhere elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what. Yeah, it was. yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess I guess I was thinking like stuff that I like. No, like whatever you've been a part of, even if it was just like a, a pinup or you did one page of writing, whatever you've been okay. a part of, what okay. where do you most what were you most excited for? Uh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna I'm gonna have to say I was most excited for um, issue uh, five star issue three to come out, um, just because I knew that the level had upped you know what i mean we had upped our game so much and even now looking back at five star issue one and fish knows that issue one and two fish knows this i want to redo both of those books uh with fish lee art um yeah there it is there, there it is, is. <laughs> there it is i got i actually got that right here too i could have i didn't even i wasn't thinking about that um but issue three i just knew i was like the writings up there the art is there. We get to tell, tell some like an emotional story. Um, so to, for me, issue three, I was probably most excited about so far on this journey um, in the comic book world. I was ex- most excited about it. For me, issue three of five star was exciting because that was one of the first books that I'm like doing it all on my own. And uh, like I had gotten paid to ink books before and I'd done short stories, but this was one of the first ones I was going in to do the whole book on my own for a client. I was excited about that, but the one that I was the most excited about when I got it hands down was when they offered me power company three, because at the time Tony was still in power company. So like the idea of getting to do steel wolf and five star and, you know, like uh, Midnight Owl had been in the second one and stuff like the thought of getting to do all these big hits from indie comics in one book. I was super excited about yeah. Now, by the time we actually get there, things changed and people had to move on and stuff. And it's still an awesome book. Like I still had a lot of fun working on it, but like I was kind of starstruck when I first got the offer on 
Power Company 3 because I was really excited about all the characters that had been in Power Company up to that point that I was going to get to work with. And so that moment still hands down is the most excited. Like I was running around telling all kinds of people that had no idea who five-star steel wolf was like, dude, you don't understand. I'm getting to do this book. And like, I mean, I was giddy like a kid. Like you think I'd just been given the X-Men. And so that moment has been the most excited for me. You know, Danny, I want to know yours. What's your book that you're most excited for that you were a part of? Oh my God. I wasn't even thinking. Um, (laughs) You're you're daydreaming. That's why I figured I bring you back in here. I have no clue. I think um, I probably this elsewhere anthology when we were with um, Short Fuse, there were some big plans for that for that stuff to go some places, mm-hmm. and um, you know, unfortunately, it didn't go through. But um, thankfully, you know, my uh, my little one shot here still connects to my universe, yeah. um, and you know, we got these stories out. And um, it was, you know, I'd never done an anthology before. Um, so um, I'd always wanted to know how they worked from the creator's side. And to be included in, in such a great looking book, I think it was, uh, it's really exciting. I agree. With, I agree with that. Um, and it was nice to, at that time, like, like he was saying, the plans that we, like, that we knew that were like down the pipeline made it even more exciting like oh yeah this is just the start of something something bigger uh and unfortunately it didn't happen but it did open up other doors for each one of us um and relationships for each one of us so you know you can't knock that but um i'm also excited and and i I hate to answer a second time but i guess i will um (laughs) oh look at that fancy schmancy art I know. It's like yeah, a talented not, artist. Man, on who's that, that guy? Who's, who drew that? So that's nice. Um, so now with five star issue one, two, and three, um, we are trying to fit that into the freestyle comics universe. Um, so we're going to go through and do some re-lettering for issue one and two and three uh, to just kind of tease the universe that he's a part of and kind of tie some things together. Um, so that's exciting to, to, to be able to, to now open up uh, Michael's toy box that he's got with all his characters and think of how I can tie Five Star to those characters or in some way, shape, or form uh, to be blended into this universe um, is exciting. And I'm looking forward to doing that. And hopefully uh, after issue four Kickstarter, not only will we have issue four done, but we will uh, reach a stretch goal to where we can have Fish do issue, redo the art in issue one and two. Um, I'm excited for down the line when we're doing the five-star issue and five stars getting his butt kicked and Vigilance has to come in and save the day like she does a hot shot. <laughs> I always got to save hot shot. I refuse. Time. Vigilance sits back and waits for everybody to fail, and she's like, all right, time. All right. It's like I, mean, I thought time. you had this. It's a right, time. I, time. I think it's in <laughs> my contract. I think I, I think I put that in the contract. Under absolutely no circumstance, Vigilance save five-star. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> well, this has been fun, guys. Um, let's go ahead and close this out and let us know where we can find all your work at. Go ahead, Fish. Well, for me, it's Mr. Fish Comics everywhere. I'm on TikTok. 
uh, Instagram, Facebook, the whole nine yards, Mr. Fish Comics. I just went through and changed it all. So it's the same name. So it doesn't have to be Tourette's Life over here and this over there. And, uh, and follow me on TikTok. I'm doing some fun stuff over there and I need some more viewers. So get I out agree. there and follow. This is a good follow on TikTok. Tony's good too. And we're not going to talk about Danny because okay. he already got too many followers. But <laughs> Fish and Tony, you guys need to follow. I'm just TikTok. trying to be Danny. That's what I'm doing. I'm just following his lead. Nah, nobody yeah, actually Danny, follows Danny. me because of the comics, though. So it's it's different. Danny's <laughs> got it going on. Um, Tony Clapper on Facebook and the Five Star Fam on TikTok, Instagram, and all that jazz. We're actually planning, uh, actually, since last night, we're uh, uniforming Five Star Fridays on every platform with a with a Facebook page, group, TikTok, its own TikTok, all that stuff, where we can do some more engaging with the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Great right, Ace Blade. What about you? Um, I am the Ace Blade on all social media. If there, if a social media exists, except for Snapchat, um, I'm there. <laughs> Danny's a social media whore, apparently. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't do. Uh, I can't do Snapchat. But the rest of them, I, hey, I at least have a page. So I'm on Twitter, and I have no idea why, because I get no engagement on it. But I post to it every single day, nonetheless. You never know when somebody's going to come through and see a random yeah. tweet. But I don't buy his book. So exactly, yeah. What about you, Kyron? Um, well, you can find me. Uh, you can find my work at TaurusComics.com. I am on Twitter. I am also on Instagram and Facebook at Taurus Comics. Um, I am on TikTok, but that is at Kyron Forty Nine because I don't want to brand that yet. Um, hold on one second here. I just want to make sure I am. All right, I just want to make sure I'm following Fish on Twitter. So <laughs> there you um, go. And as far as the podcast, if you guys this is your first time catching a episode here, you can go back and relive all the other episodes at fourtailspodcast.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play. I think we're on iHeartRadio. I mean, almost every major podcast platform, you can find us there. Um, if you like our podcast, please feel free to like, share, review, especially review. Those reviews do help with getting our words and our episodes out to more people that might be interested in this. And we have seen a lot of reviews, especially on the Apple podcast. So thank you for that. Um, but, you know, this has been great, guys. Um, anything else you guys want to say before we go? Oh, just thanks for having us on, man. This was fun. I really enjoyed it. Appreciate it. Appreciate both of you guys. Danny J. Quick will be on Five Star Fridays next week. Wait, am I not invited to again or what? Yeah, come on. You know what, Kyron? Kyron, Kyron, you don't mind talking about the Ace Blade Kickstarter for an hour? (laughs) Come on, talk about it. Apparently, I'm part of the team, so I might as well talk about it. (laughs) (laughs) Let's do it. Kyron, you want to hop on? You, You are more than welcome, sir. Well, I'll be there. I don't think I, I have that date already set in my calendar. Nothing's planned, so I'll be there. While we've got you, since we're going to have you on, Danny, and you were the winner of getting the free artwork by yours truly, we were. T- I'd made a joke about it last night about I wonder who he's going to have me draw, and you know, because I thought it was you know without a doubt. But then Tony is like, you know, it is villain season for this book. Maybe he's going to have you draw a villain. So, yeah. have you decided who you want me to draw yet? I think I want to lightning No, All right. the lightning wilder. <laughs> uh, I think I would. I think I would like you to do blackjack, but 
I th- yeah, I think I think that'll that'll be the way to go. Uh, Blackjack is the is the second is the uh, the probably the most popular villain at this point. So uh, we'll go with Blackjack. All right, good deal. I'm how looking this, forward to it. How much would it cost to throw Lunaria as like a versus type of thing with Blackjack? I'll be on there too. You know, I'm just saying. That'll Ooh. be cool. I mean, maybe Fish, you and I could talk about that. Sure. On Facebook Absolutely. I mean, you can talk to Fish, but Fish is just gonna have to talk to his manager, which is me. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's like I gotta get my cut, whatever it is, you know. If you do it on the show, I need my five. I need my two point five percent. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this has been great, guys. I appreciate you for being on here, and for everybody that's listening. Hope you guys have a great day. Please take care of yourself and sign around. Goodbye. Peace. Music provided by Quick Made It. That's Q U I X K M A D E I T. Find them on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. I want to know what it is Quick is trying to say.